Hello, welcome to COVID Chat. This is episode three, taped on Saturday, April 11th. In the news, since the pandemic started, and especially lately, there've been a lot of models and predictions. Curves, changing up and down daily, lots of competing theories and numbers. For a lot of people, this has been very frustrating. What I'd like to do in this episode today is share my perspective to help you be okay with the variability and the changes that are inherent in prediction models for pandemics. We're gonna answer the question, why do estimates of COVID-19 outcomes keep changing? Fundamentally under this, we're gonna talk about some key concepts that will help you understand and interpret these models when you see them and become less anxious and less upset when you see the numbers changing. We're gonna talk about the difference between a possibility, a probability, and a prediction. Because some of the confusion is substituting those terms for each other when they don't mean the same thing. I'm gonna walk through a few different examples from things in your everyday life, like non-pandemic examples, to illustrate what makes, what factors make things difficult or easy to predict. And then we'll step back and look at the coronavirus pandemic models. And I hope that you will come away with an appreciation of the natural inherent variability and uncertainty in these models. I hope that you'll walk away understanding that looking back in time at what was predicted and saying they were wrong and incompetent is not correct and not useful. And I'd like you to expect the models and the results to continue to change going forward. Don't be surprised when they do, but know that they will get more accurate over time. Okay, so let's get started. First, what's the difference between a possibility, a probability, and an actual prediction. A possibility is the broadest possible range of everything that could happen. So if you take a pandemic, for example, if a new pathogen emerges, there are a range of possibilities on how it affects humans. If we were modeling the widest possibilities on one extreme, the virus can't even infect humans, it emerges and zero people get sick, right? And on the other extreme of possibilities for any pandemic is it's just the right pathogen at just the right time in the right circumstances that it literally infects every single person on earth and the human race goes extinct, right? So possibility covers the widest range of all that's possible, okay? So sometimes when people are speaking and sharing numbers, they're talking about possibilities and they might be talking about worst and best case scenarios. Other times though, people will be talking about a probability or a probable outcome. And that is the middle area between extremes that we think is most probably to happen. That's what most of the models, most of the numbers you hear in the news are. However, the word prediction, people often are shared by a modeler, a probability, and they walk away saying, well, that's the prediction, that's what's gonna happen. And then when that doesn't happen exactly how it was, the probability was modeled, they get upset and call the modeler incompetent. 
So I'd like to clear that up today. Everything you hear in the news, nobody's making a solid prediction. Nobody can predict the future. Nobody can exactly predict where this pandemic is gonna go. We can only take it as a probability and know that it will change. Okay, I know that's very theoretical. Let's get down to a couple concrete examples. Let me start with one type of forecasting that we are almost familiar with and we use almost daily. The weather, right? You've probably heard analogies like this before already, but let me put it in this context for you. Imagine I am planning a party for, let's say next Saturday, uh, I wanna have a picnic. I need to know if the weather's gonna be nice because I need to know if we're gonna be grilling out and I'm gonna buy hot dogs and hamburgers or if we're gonna be trapped inside the house and I'm gonna order pizza. I'll also invite more people if we can be outside because I have a larger yard than I do a house, right? So I pull up the forecast and I look out a week from now. Okay, I look at a couple different forecasts. They're all a little different, right? One says 25% chance of rain, one says 0% chance. Another one says a high of 60, the other one says a high of 53. Okay, let's look at how two different people can react to that forecast and then the results a week later. Pretend I'm person A, I look at that, I plan my party, and I'm person B and I plan my party. Person A and person B both decide I'm gonna plan for an outdoor party, the odds look good. Okay, now fast forward a week. The weather, miserable. It's 45 degrees, rainy, cold. Person A and person B both have parties. Everyone's crammed in the house, trying to cook the hot dogs on a George Foreman grill. Yeah. What's different is the reaction of these two different people to the forecast and how they used it. Person A continued to look at the forecast throughout the week and as it got closer to the party, they already kind of knew it was probably gonna rain. So they weren't that disappointed. They were just thinking, oh well, we'll make do. That's because person A understood a week ago that the forecast had a lot of variability in it and they accepted that. Now, person B on the other hand, Saturday shows up, the weather's bad, and what do they do? They get angry. They start yelling, blaming. How dare they? Those meteorologists throw out to get me, they're evil. They plotted the wrong numbers just to ruin my party. Oh, how dare they? Because you see, person B didn't keep looking at the forecast. Person B didn't respect and understand that the models were good at that moment, but they changed over time as we got more data. Person B probably doesn't understand how modeling works, and they're, they're just looking for someone to take out their anger on. What I see happening in the news is the person A, the person B scenario with coronavirus pandemic outcomes. What I'd like to do next is share some concrete examples in case you are person B to hopefully help you understand how to internalize and put context to the variability that's inherent in coronavirus pandemic outcome prediction. We'll get back to the weather example in a bit, but let's step back to something even simpler because I'd like to talk about three factors that affect the likelihood of an accurate prediction. There are probably more than three, but I'm just gonna focus on three here today. We're gonna talk about the number of variables, whether or not it's 
a system that's affected by human behavior. And third, whether or not we have historical knowledge of that system. These three things affect how easy it is to make an accurate prediction. Example one, flipping a coin. Let's say I asked you to predict what will happen if I flip a coin three times. How difficult is that? It's fairly easy to predict. You'll be wrong sometimes, right sometimes, but it's fairly easy to predict because there are few variables. There's literally two variables, heads and tails. And human behavior doesn't affect that coin. It's a defined static system. It's a physical object that I can't wish it to change, right? So it's a closed system that doesn't change. My behavior doesn't affect it. And last, we have a lot of knowledge. All of us know what a coin's like and understands heads and tails. So it's fairly easy for us to predict the outcome of a coin toss. There's only a limited range of possibilities. We know exactly what they are, and we have a lot of experience with it. And so it's easy to calculate probabilities. In fact, it's so easy we can even do it in our own heads without a computer. Right? Simple example. Now, let's make it slightly more challenging. What if instead of asking you to predict what will happen when I flip a coin, in this next example, I'd like to know if I pull one card out of a standard deck of cards, what will be the outcome? Make a prediction. How hard is it to get the right answer in that situation? I would argue it's slightly more difficult than the coin example, but also still fairly easy, right? difficult than the coin toss is there's many variables here. There's actually 52 different outcomes. It's still defined, but that's a lot more than two or eight if you have three coin tosses. So when you increase the number of variables in a system, that increase in variables increases the complexity and the difficulty in predicting an accurate outcome. But the cards are not affected by humans. They're a defined system. I can't change the cards. And we have a lot of knowledge on this system. So it's still fairly easy. You're going to be right sometimes, wrong sometimes, but it's still possible to predict what will happen with a deck of cards, right? Now, let's go back to the weather analogy I started with. What if I ask you to predict the local weather 10 days from now? That's somewhat challenging, right? Why is it more challenging than the other examples I just shared? Well, the main reason is there's so many more variables. There's zillions of molecules that interact and so many different temperature and humidity, pollution levels, ocean currents. There are so many factors, just I'd say unlimited, it's hard to count, that affect the weather. That's why, partly why it's so difficult to predict. But we are able to get reasonable estimates for the weather, though, because humans don't directly affect it. Well, they might affect the weather in the long term, but that's a different topic. What I'm talking about is in the short term. Like, if I put a raincoat on, that doesn't change whether or not it's going to rain today, right? So humans generally don't affect the weather in the short term. And we have lots of data. Even though it's a complex system with a lot of variables, with the help of computers and data analysis and algorithms, 
scientists that are experts in this are able to use their past data and understanding, even though it's complicated, to get somewhat reasonable predictions in the weather, right? And we accept that. We don't go back and say, look at that prediction from two weeks ago, and now look at the weather. Those meteorologists are idiots. They have no business. They don't know what they're talking about. We don't do that, right? I don't do that. You don't do that. If we don't do that with the weather, we shouldn't do that with the modelers on the coronavirus pandemic predictions because that's actually even more complicated than predicting the weather. Here's why. I would argue it's challenging to predict the outcomes of this coronavirus pandemic, let's say even 30 days from now, because there are a lot of variables. We've got the virus and how it behaves and transmission and distance and travel. We've got how infectious it is, underlying conditions. There is an unlimited amount of variables that can affect the outcomes. But what makes it even more challenging than predicting the weather is the fact that the outcomes are partially determined by what we do. So it's not a simple defined system of just a physical object or molecules like the other examples. What I do changes the result. What you do changes the result. And there aren't billions of people in the world. What everyone does actually changes the system. So it's dynamic. It's, there isn't a set amount of parameters that we can study and and know whatever we do today will happen tomorrow because we affect it. That adds a lot of variability and complexity in the predictions. And to top that off, we have limited historical knowledge. I hope you're not still saying it's like the flu. That's like so yesterday. I think everyone I know is beyond that. Um, if you're not, let me point out again, if you haven't heard it a hundred times already, this is a brand new virus, it just emerged. And not only is it a brand new virus, which we've only had a couple months to study, the family it belongs to, coronavirus, is a type of virus that doesn't infect humans very often. So compared to other viruses like influenza, coronaviruses have not been studied nearly as much. So there's just inherently less known about that type of pathogen. And pandemics in general, there, there hasn't been a lot of them and not very many in our lifetimes for the experts that study it. So we have limited real world experience with pandemics. We have limited experience with coronavirus. And this is the first time in all of humanity that we know of that a coronavirus has caused a pandemic. This is a brand new situation. And it hasn't even been that much time to study it. So our knowledge is very limited. So we have very limited knowledge. It increases every day, but it's very limited. Humans, everything we do keeps affecting it. So no matter what we model, if we change our behavior, then the model's wrong. So it's a constant catch-up trying to figure out what's going to happen. Combined with the amount of variables, this isn't something we can predict in our own minds. We need computers and algorithms and fancy programs to try to extend the capabilities of our brains to even make these predictions. So because of all that, I would argue, if you don't yell at the meteorologists for being wrong and you understand that as it gets closer to the day that you want the result, the predictions are more accurate, then you shouldn't be doing that with the models for coronavirus. And you should understand that with all of this complexity, that of course there's going to be different models that give different scenarios. 
you've got some people sharing the worst case scenario if human behavior was taken out of it and we didn't do anything different. That's where you got those early numbers of 2 million or so folks dying. That's just a possibility, not a probability, but it was a, a distinct possibility if certain conditions took place, which was no social distancing, no travel bans, all of that. It's good to know that. That's not the prediction. Then we start to get probabilities that change as we learn more and get real data. So it's reasonable to have different numbers because people put in different data sets and they make different assumptions about human behavior and about the virus because all of that is in flux and we're learning. So that's something you should just accept. Let me give you one more example though that might be a little positive, something that's even more difficult to predict than the coronavirus pandemic. So I don't want to leave you off thinking we can't predict and all the models are useless. It's not true. They're valuable. They're, they're going to be right-ish and they're going to continue changing. But if I asked you instead to predict in 30 days what the value of IBM stock price will be, I'd argue that's even more difficult than predicting coronavirus outcomes because the stock market price is almost exclusively based on human behavior, which is very hard to predict and pin down. And it isn't always controlled by logic. There's emotions and, and natural disasters. So many things can affect it too, like natural disasters, um, takes out a plant, uh, what a competitor decides to do. Human behavior and the fact there's a lot of things that affect the stock market price of any stock uh, make it difficult. Um, so that makes it very difficult. Now, we do have lots of historical knowledge, though, on the value of IBM stock. It's been around for a long time. We at least have the advantage in that scenario of going back and studying how the price rose and dropped based on conditions in the environment. So that's an advantage. But when human behavior is involved, it makes everything very difficult to predict. I mean, we can't even predict what our friends and family do and react to certain situations sometimes. Imagine trying to predict what billions of people are going to do. So what I'd like you to take away from this is to step back when you're looking at either old predictions and hearing about them, hearing critiques of the new predictions, and just widen your view. Don't get anxious, don't get upset. First of all, stop and think, am I hearing a possibility, like an extreme scenario of best case and worst case? Is that what I'm hearing? Or am I hearing someone's probable outcome? But don't think anything is a solid prediction. There's no such thing as a perfect prediction. They're all just possibilities and probabilities. And just want you to appreciate there's inherent variability. Don't be one of those people that call people incompetent because they were wrong a month ago because we've learned a lot in the last month. So give them a break and just relax. But you need to continue to expect these to change. Numbers have been going down lately. They might pop back up when our behavior changes. Expect that. One thing that will be a positive thing to note in the longer term, however, is that when these different models that have different data sets that are currently showing different probabilities, when they start converging, that might mean that we're getting closer to the end of pandemic because it might mean that our knowledge and our facts are going up and the uncertainty is going down in the system. Um, but it'll never be perfect because like I said, you can't predict humans, right? So I hope this helped put in a big picture perspective for you of why the outcome predictions for COVID-19 
deaths and when the curve's gonna end, when we can get back out of our houses, et cetera, why that keeps changing so much. And I hope that you'll appreciate how challenging this science of modeling the pandemic outcomes is. In this video, I chose not to go into the details of the different models and what the different assumptions and data sets are because I've seen many excellent videos on YouTube that went into excruciating detail on that. So I just today here wanted to give you the big picture perspective, but if you're interested in the nitty gritty of why, how specific numbers were created, I'll try to compile some of those best videos and put it on a watch list on my page for you. Hopefully this was helpful. Thank you for tuning in to COVID Chat Episode 3. Stay home, stay safe. We'll see you next time. Bye.